Hi, I'm Sheridan, and tonight's Bible reading is from Romans 6, verse 1 to 13. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that Jesus as Christ has raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. We too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of Christ's sin might be done with, away with, that we should be no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. I realise many of you have been... Can you want to just stand up for 30 seconds? We've been sitting for a long time. I don't want you to go to sleep while I'm preaching. Okay, sit down, thanks. <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple of emails through in the week about how long... A, a big, big warning about not to preach for too long tonight because we've got a lot in the service. And looked at the order of service. I was supposed to be up here at according to the order of service, 7.17. So uh, I should have been closing in prayer now, but we won't, we're not going to do that. We'll just, we'll just go on. And uh, One of the things is that we've, we've had just had a, a baptism service and uh, we've seen people being baptised. And of course, the, the sermon that, was, uh, that I've been given is, what, you know, Jesus gave us baptism. That's the title of the sermon. And today we're just going to briefly explore some of the aspects of, of baptism and focus mostly on what the New Testament teaches about it. One of the things is, is a bit of, we sort of, I've been, been in a tradition of, of the church for about 2,000 years where baptism has been, on, been around for a while, but back when Jesus was around, they didn't, but Christian baptism or the baptism of the church wasn't around. In fact, they've had a history of the, in the Jewish people of having sort of ceremonial washings and so on, and where, you know, when it's mentioned there in the Old Testament and, and even in the book of Hebrews, I believe it also refers to the, the doctrine of baptisms or the instruct, or instruction about baptisms in, in Hebrews chapter 6, which is really a Jewish custom. But then when you also, around at the same time, there was these... They had this proselyte baptism where you could be baptized. If you wanted to become a Jew, you had to go through an initiation process and actually you were baptized and becoming, being sort of transferred from being a Gentile to become a Jew. That was part of the process. 
And then also John the Baptist came on the scene and he started to, to preach about baptism and about, he told the Israelites that they needed to repent. He challenged them and he challenged his own people that they needed to turn from their own sinful ways and they needed to, to be baptised. And along the way, uh, John runs into the Lord Jesus and, uh, the, and they meet up and the Lord actually is baptised as well. And uh, in the, the baptism of the Lord, we think, hang on, that sounds a bit crazy. The Lord was a, a sinless person. He never sinned. He was a, the Son of God. Why would he need to be baptised? And of course, John balked at that and he was saying, look, I, you know, he was really didn't want to go ahead. He didn't really want to baptise Jesus at all. But Jesus said, it is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. It was appropriate for it to be done. Jesus wanted John to, to baptise him and he was baptised. And as, when he was baptised, the, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove on him. And he said, this is my, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And of course, uh, Jesus demonstrated you know, that his obedience to the Father and he was prepared to submit to God and he was prepared to be baptised, even though he was the, the sinless son of God. And so when we come to the New Testament and we look, go on further and we see, you know, baptism, we will see that baptism was always like we had here tonight. It was always by immersion and it was really dipping under completely and being lifted up out of the water. I can remember quite a number of years ago, I was in a church in Sydney and they were having a baptism like we had tonight and there was, and there was a guy who came in off the street and he, uh, they had the baptism at, you know, tank at the front of the church. It wasn't on a platform, but it was on about almost the same level. And this guy got up out of his seat and walked right down to the front of the church and looked into the water. And he, and he just, he said, that's barbaric. He couldn't understand why somebody would be baptised. But it gave, also gave the, the people in that church the opportunity to share with him and to, to talk with him and to explain to him what baptism was all about because he didn't understand. For, for a person out in the street being dunked under water and coming out of it doesn't make sense to them because they, they just don't understand what it's about. But particularly back in the times of Jesus, they understood because there was this background of different types of baptism. But, when, but also, as we go on, we find that the, the Lord Jesus also included baptism when he gave the Great Commission. When you read verses like Matthew chapter 28... In verse 18, it said, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And also in Mark chapter 15, 16 and verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so baptism is a command, you know, it was part of the, the Great Commission. Go out, make disciples, and then baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And of course, the question is, who can be baptised? Well, we've had an illustration of that tonight, haven't we? Those who have become disciples of the Lord Jesus, those who have made him their Lord. You know, the, uh, there's a pat few verses in 1 Corinthians 15 which are favourite verses for I received what I passed unto you of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and of course another verse that's a favourite one of mine is Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead 
you will be saved. For with the heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And of course, there's another verse over in 1 Corinthians 12, that says, in verse 3, it says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Saying Jesus is Lord, meaning that he is the, the one who's in control of our life. He is our, the one we've, we've committed our lives to him. And that's what we've seen illustrations of that tonight. And, uh, and so, why should we be baptised? Well, you can, make all, you can get, it, get it all complicated. It's the, simple way, the simple answer is, is because the Lord Jesus has commanded that we should do it. And if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus, you want to do everything that he asks you to please him. The same as of those of us that, you know, husbands and wives and those who are in committed relationships, you're always wanting to do things to please the person that you're committed to. Whether it's your, your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you're just wanting to, to be pleasing them. But in a deeper sense, the Lord Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command you. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, he said. And so... If, if we're wanting to, if, we, if we're committed to the Lord, we'll be wanting to do those things that please him. And so I'm just going to give a quick rundown of some of the occurrences of baptism in the, in the New Testament. At the Feast of Pentecost, where the church started in Acts chapter 2, the, the Lord Jesus had just ascended to heaven a few days, 10 days before this. The disciples had gathered together and were praying. And Peter preached a sermon to explain the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we read these words, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise is to you and to your children, and all who are afar off, and to all whom the Lord your God will call. And those who accepted the message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added that day to their number. And so there was this, they committed their life to the Lord, and then they were baptised and then they became part of the church. These days we seem to people, because if you're growing up in the church, you might become a Christian. Then you might get baptised sometime later. And then sometime later you might be, commit yourself to become a, a member of the church. But back there in those days they did it one, you know, bang, 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 all in, in, almost instantly in, in the one day. But that's what it's all about. We commit ourselves to the Lord and then we baptise and we follow the Lord. If you go on further, you can read about the Philip and the Ethiopian man. And he was, uh, Philip joined him, he caught up with this guy and he was explained to him the gospel from Isaiah chapter 53. And they saw water there. And then he, you know, the, the Ethiopian man gave orders to stop the chariot. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. That's, you know, became a Christian, then he was baptized. The Apostle Paul himself, as you read through the, the accounts of, of Paul's conversion, it's in three places in the book of Acts. And two out of those three places, it mentions how he was baptised. In, in Acts chapter 9 and verse 17, it says, He got up and was baptised. In Acts chapter 22, and he was instructed, Get up, be baptised and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And so Paul, was, he became a Christian and then he was baptised. Then there was a group of Samaritans and they were converted and they were baptised. And then you go through the, the story of, the, of Paul on his missionary journeys. He goes to, to Philippi and there was a, a business lady, Lydia, who was there, who, who, do, who dealt in selling purple cloth. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptised, she invited us 
to her home. That's the Luke speaking there who, is a, who witnessed all this. And so she was converted and then she was baptised. In the same town there was a jailer. And uh, the, you know, the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And they, after he, they, they'd, been, they'd been in jail. And uh, immediately he and his family were baptised. We're not told how old the, the members of the family were, but the whole lot of them were committed their life to the Lord and were baptised. And so we go on and they, Paul talks about some people at Corinth who became Christians, and he, he mentions about Crispus and Gaius and the household of Stephanus, and, and he baptised them there in that town. And so it was the practice of the, in the early church, and it's the practice that's been carried on right through to today, that people become Christians and then are baptised. So let's go to the, the passage, very briefly to the passage that we read in Romans chapter 6. And I'll read from verse 1 again. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may, may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live it in any longer? Or don't you know that all of us were baptised into Jesus, were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so Paul is calling on these people here, these, these Christians in Rome, saying, hey, you need to be making sure that you're living the way that you're supposed to as a Christian, living a life that is free from sin. And then he starts to remind them of the significance of their baptism. And he compared their baptism to the death, the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It's been referred to several times in our service already tonight. And so he's saying, as Christ was raised from the dead, those who have been baptised may live a new life. He's saying, hey, you know, you don't need to be bound by sin. You need to be living a victorious life. And so he's asking him to, to think about baptism and the way that they've identified with when they went under the water, they were you know, dead to sin. And as they came up out of the water, they were alive to live, live for Christ. Now, he wasn't talking about people that were preparing for baptism. He's talking about people who have already been baptised. This is a message to those of us who have been baptised, that we need to be making sure that we're living to glorify God, that we're living lives that are free from the power and the domination of sin. But at the same time, it illustrates what baptism is about. And so the challenge is for us tonight, well, who, you know, who can be baptised? Those who have become Christians. doesn't say those who've been, been Christians for a certain length of time, doesn't make it mean that Christians who've got to a certain age and then you can be baptised. We're not talking about adult baptism, as some people say. We're talking about believers' baptism. Any person who has come to know the Lord as their Saviour is, is able to be baptised. If you're a younger person, say a younger primary school child, then you need to talk to your mum and dad about it. And, uh, and that sort of, and, uh, because at times... God may speak to you about it and, and, and at the appropriate time within your own family, that can be worked out. But it's, it's a baptism for believers. And as you sit in here in this building tonight, if you've come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, what's stopping you from being baptised? What's stopping you from going ahead and going ahead in obedience to the Lord and being baptised? And those of us who have been baptised need to be making sure that we are living for God, that we are keeping short accounts with him, that we're making sure that we're confessing any sin that's in our lives, that we're making sure that we're walking close to him. 
because that's the, that was the challenge there in Romans chapter 6, to make sure that we're living, not you know, letting sin, let sin dominate our life, but living up to the, to the fact of the, our baptism. As we've seen these people baptised tonight, it should be challenging us to make sure we are living close to God. As, those, as those, those candidates come up out of the water to walk in newness of life, am I? Am I walking in, in victoriously for the Lord? Am I living with short accounts and my, confessing my sin and keeping close to the Lord? And so there's a challenge for all of us that are here. If you're not a Christian tonight, then you need to make Jesus as your Lord and accept him into your life. If you are a Christian and you've not been baptised, then why haven't you been baptised? And if you've been baptised, you need to be living to the glory of God. And so there's a challenge for each of us, isn't there? Each of us that are here tonight, we need to be making sure that we're walking close to the Lord, that we're living close to him and living in the way that he's called us to. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you for the opportunity to be together tonight. Thank you for the great testimonies we've heard. We thank you for those who have stepped forward in obedience to you. We ask that you might just continue to be with them, that they might know what it is to put on the, the whole armour of God and to, to stand against the wilds of the evil one, that we might, each of us that know you might walk worthy of you and might live, keep short accounts and, and live close to you. And so we ask that you'll be with us now as we finish our time together and as we go our separate way, have some supper and then go our separate ways, we pray that we might just know your presence in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. We do make sure that I announce the... We're now going to sing, stand and sing a song together. Thank you. <laughs>